Hey, I'm Michael, online pastor at Silverdale Baptist Church, and I'm excited to welcome you to our podcast. Now, after you listen to this episode, I hope you'll stick around for just a moment. I'll be sharing about some resources we have for you, as well as a few things going on at Silverdale right now that we would love for you to be a part of. Now, I really hope this podcast is just what you need today to help you in your relationship with Jesus. It's good to see all of you, to worship with you together today. Um, if you're joining us online, I'd uh, just welcome you as well. And at this time, just like always, I would just invite you to get out your Bibles or a Bible app. And um, we're going to be, we're in the book of Hebrews. If you could just turn to chapter 12 and um, what we're going to pick up today in um, verse number 12. And so um, we're in the study of the book of Hebrews. We have been in Hebrews, I guess, now for about six months, and we're getting towards the end of the book. And so today we're looking, <coughs> excuse me, we're looking at finishing strong. That's what we're looking at. I've, I've mentioned this already several times as we've been studying the book of Hebrews, just because something begins well, it does not necessarily guarantee or necessitate that it's going to end well or even continue well, right? Just because you, just you start strong don't mean you're going to end strong in anything really, but the reality is I think we would all say we all know certain individuals maybe that were once faithful to Christ. They were, they were faithful to church attendance. They were faithfully serving the church and, and all of that, but now maybe, I don't know, maybe, maybe now they're far away from God. Maybe they don't attend church at all. Maybe they don't read their Bible. Maybe they don't pray. In fact, they may not even claim Christ at all. Once again, that's not, I don't think, um, an anomaly. I think we would all, every one of us say, yeah, I know an individual who's similar to that. And I don't know, maybe, maybe, maybe if we were honest, we might even say our, ourselves, you know, there's times when, when I get discouraged, you know, sometimes this race set before me, I, I don't know, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not running it as enthusiastically as maybe I once had done. Maybe the, the Christian walk, the Christian race, this Christian life, maybe you've been at it for a while and maybe, maybe you say, you know what, it's more burdensome than joyful now. Maybe you've been there, I don't know. I would say this, if you find the Christian walk, the Christian race, what we're doing, more burdensome than joyful, I would say then perhaps it'd be a time for some good self, I don't know, investigation because you know the Christian walk, the Christian race was not meant to be burdensome. It's joyful. And I was thinking about this as we're studying this text today. I was thinking about this. Is, this is a true story in my life. I remember when I was young and I remember when the Lord saved me. Man, I was so enthusiastic, right? I was ready to go, man. 
anything, anytime for Jesus. You know, I'm, I'm just all, I'm all in, got all the joy, got all the passion. And I would sit around and I'd have this, this angst, this holy angst. And, and I'd get all these ideals and stuff in my head, all these things I wanted to do. And, and then I was a younger guy and I'd, I, I would go up to the church and I go, you know what? Some of these ideals I got, man, they're, they're, they're gold, man. I got some golden, I got these golden plans. And I'd go up to the church and I would find, I don't know, some older individuals, men. I don't know if they were old. They're probably my age right now. You know what I'm saying? But I thought they were old. I go up to the guys. I go, man, I got, I got these great plans. I got these great ideals. Here's what I think the church, maybe the church be doing this. And I, I, was, I was certain, I was so certain that they would hear, you know, these brilliant things that I was, I was saying and they'd be go, wow, we've never thought of that before. Travis, you are what we call a holy genius. That's what I anticipated that they might say. But to my surprise, these older guys, they were very loving, but they would look at me and, and they, they would say, you know, we hear you, but you don't know all the details about the church. You don't understand the complications. You don't understand the intricacy of things and how they go. And so while they said, we enjoy your enthusiasm, it's not rightly placed at this time. Now, I thought to myself back in the day, I thought to myself, when I get older, I'm not going to be like that. You know, I'm not going to be one of those, I don't know, kill joys, but I'm reading the text that we're studying today. And I don't know, I start thinking perhaps I have become one of those men and I do not want to be, you know what I'm saying? I want to finish strong. I want to have that same enthusiasm. I want to have that same holy angst today that the Lord gifted me with at the beginning. I want to carry it to the end. And so the question is church, how do you finish strong, right? How, how do you finish strong? And it's easy to lose steam. How do we finish strong? Well, in the text today, getting towards the end of the book of Hebrews, we're going to see three things to do that we need to do to finish well and three things that you need to guard against, all right? The writer of Hebrews has been teaching us all of these things and as we get towards the end, he wants to help us carry on. And so let's just look at it. Chapter 12, verse 12. First thing we're gonna see is finishing well, right? What to do, man? I want to. I want to. I want to. I want to. I want to keep that joy. I want to keep that enthusiasm. I don't want to get. I don't know. Discouraged. I want to continue to be a person who is joyful for the Lord. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? Three things. We'll walk through them. First thing he's going to say. This is simple. He's going to say, "Run hard, church. You're going to. You know. We're going to run hard. Let me read the verse to you. Therefore, lift your drooping hands." and strengthen your weak knees. All right, let's kind of look at this. He says, notice that first word, you go, therefore, all right? Now the therefore is gonna link us back to what we talked about last week, okay? So it's a continuation of what he's already said. And last week he said, the Lord disciplines the ones that he loves, right? He disciplines us for our good so that we might share in his holiness and yield in us the peaceful fruit of righteousness. All right, so you got all that, okay, you got all that. Therefore, because God is doing that, therefore, because things might get difficult, therefore, that's going on, do this, lift your drooping hands, strengthen your weak knees, okay, that's what he's saying. So, so, so the picture here is of a runner, that's what we got, you got, this, you got this runner, he's running, he's exhausted, and he's discouraged. 
And you can tell that he's exhausted. You can tell that he's discouraged because he got the drooping hands. He got the wobbly knees, okay? And if you're watching someone run and you see them with drooping hands, you see them with wobbling knees, you're like, that, guy, that guy's tired, man. He's not running very well. Now, likewise, the Christian life can be that way too. We got our race. We talked about this, I think, two weeks ago. When God saves you, you enter the race. And then when God takes you home, you exit the race. And all the time in between, we're in the race, all right? There comes a time when everyone, you know, you get discouraged, you don't get tired. Things come at you. Situations transpire in such a way you did not anticipate. And maybe you got, you got the arms, you got the spiritual arms. They're all, you know, you got the wobbly spiritual knees. Right? You don't know how to put one foot in front of the other. Now, none of us are immune, immune from this. There's, there's not a Christian in this room here today who does not know what I'm talking about. You get there. The writer of Hebrews is telling us, I don't know, he, he, he's kind of like a coach. He's saying what? Lift your drooping hands. Strengthen your weak knees. In other words, he's saying, keep at it, church. Keep running, moving straight forward. Do it unwaveringly, right? Okay, coach. Okay, Co coach, why? No, 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 that's a good question. I don't know. Maybe I was never good at any sports. You got a coach, he tells you, he's yelling at you, blah, 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 do this. And you're like, why? Why? Why ought we do this? Well, you go back to that first word, therefore, it's connected to last week. We are to do this so that we will share in his God's holiness and yield in us the peaceful fruit of righteousness. That's the goal the coach is saying. Man, hey, look, look at the goal. That's why. Like, like you ain't, you're not out there running. We're not out there running this Christian race just to be running a race. There's a purpose, there's an end, there's a goal. Now, I'm not a great runner. I swim some now. Um, back in the day, I, I, I would run. I was slow, man. I was slow, man. I was like a turtle, man. I was slow. But I did it, you know. And I remember this when I was running and if I would get tired, the one thing I would do that would keep me running is I would think about the finish line. That's what I would do. If I could see the finish line, I would stare at the finish line and that would give me strength. Once again, that's what he's saying, man. Lift up those arms. Strengthen those wobbly knees. Keep your eyes on the, keep your eyes on the finish line, right? Run hard, Christian. Run hard. You're in the race. That's the first thing. We're going somewhere. There's a finish line. Stay at it. Second thing he's going to say. Well, this is what I say. Run hard together. Look at this. Verse 13. He's going he's to take it a bit farther, okay? First part of verse 13. Here's this. He says, and make straight paths for your feet. What's that about? What, is, what, is, what does it mean there, right? What does that mean? Well, I'll tell you what it means, what I think it means in context. It means stay in your lane, right? Stay in your lane. This is what it means. You're running, you're gonna stay in your, 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 your lane. I'm gonna tell you, listen, listen. It is a dangerous thing, right? You're running in a certain path and you, you start wavering into another lane, another area. It's, it's almost like a picture. It's almost like a picture. You're running. You got some lanes beside you. And maybe in the lane beside you is, I don't know, the world. 
things. You got the trinkets of the world. You got the trinkets of the world. You got this running. Like, well, I don't know. I don't know. Why might I not run in this lane for a season? Why might I not do run over here for a time? I got a straight path. I got, see, my path is right here. I got my path. I got my path. This guy over here, he's got a path too, and his path is a little bit shinier. I don't know. Got, got a little glimmer, glimmer in my eyes. I see it. Why should I not run in that lane from time to time? He's going to tell us. Look at the rest of verse 13. Stay in your lane. Look. Why? So that what is lame may not be put out of joint, but rather what? Look there, be healed. You're going to stay in your lane, man. You don't be running in other lane. You don't be running in a worldly lane, right? You, you don't do that. Christian, look, you're going to be running in a certain lane and you're going to start, I don't know, putting one foot in another lane, another area in the world or whatever, right? Well, there's some other Christians they're looking at you. There's other people who see you. There's others who are watching how you run and how you run might discourage them. And I know, man, we live it. We live, I don't know, man. We live it. We live, I don't know, in this independent, whatever world, America, whatever you want to say. I don't care. Listen, we're going to do this. What is it of anyone's business how I run my race? When, what responsibility do I have to you to run my race in such a way that doesn't hinder you? What responsibility do you have to run your race in a way that doesn't hinder me? Well, we're family, man. The way you run the race affects me. The way I run the race affects you. Have you ever thought about that? No, we don't. No, no. Have you ever thought about that? Sometimes we get so concentrating on ourselves in our lane. I'm going to be over there. I'm going to be over there and do all these things. We don't think about the fact that what we're doing, what I'm doing, or better yet, what I'm not doing, I'm not being obedient, I'm not doing these things, may affect how it may affect someone else. I can tell you right now, I cannot tell you how many times I've seen another Christian running that race hard and I see them running that race hard and it changes my disposition. It does, encourages me, gets me going, puts a little bit of stiffness in my back and I'm like, even today, even today, even today, there's a man I don't even know. Um, he's a pastor, theologian, his name is um, Vadi Bakum. And I, was, I watched this little clip of him talking talking about the gospel, talking about what he's doing, talking about him raising his family, talking about the things that he does, his church and the people at his church, the way they run in the race. And I saw that and I sat there and I'm like, in myself, I'm, like, I'm gonna run better. I'm gonna run faster. I'm gonna do it better. Once again, how you run the race matters. How I run the race matters. Listen, we're gonna, guys, we're gonna run hard Together, right? Together. Why? So that, look, so that what is lame, that's weak, may not be put out of joint. I mean, the, the, the text is, my brother's already over there limping, man. He's limping. Do not do something that would disqualify, well, I don't know, kind of put him permanently out of joint. I don't know. We got to run our race. We got to run our race together. And then he says this, third thing we got to do. Now, oh man, this is cool. This is, this is powerful stuff. 
I don't want, I want to finish strong, guys. I want to finish strong. So what do I need to do? Run after peace and holiness. Look at verse 14. Strive for peace, this is to us, with everyone, and for the holiness without which no one will see the Lord. Okay, now once again, we're talking about finishing strong, okay? Notice that first word, strive. That's a strive, church, strive. Strive means, I don't know, to do, do, do it's aggressive, right? It, it, means, it means make every effort to do these things, strive. strive. That's a beautiful word. I wanna tell you, this is what I thought, okay. Let me, let, me, let me paint you a picture of the words. This is what I thought about when I thought about strive, okay? So, I don't know. So, me and my family, we go out to eat. Stick with me. All right. When you go out to eat, they put chips on the table. That's how you know you're at a proper restaurant if they put chips on the table. You get the chips, you get the salsa. And then you can also do this you can order queso. And you're going to order the queso. All right. Everybody eats the queso. Eating the queso. All through the meal, they eat the queso. Okay, you get the queso. At the end of the meal, you look at that queso bowl. bowl. This is, listen, you guys are going to get this. And there's no queso on it. There's just some queso just kind of around the side. I finished my meal. I still want some queso. I take that one last chip. You know what I do? I strive to get every bit of cheese on my, on my chip. You know, no, I work at it. I'm not making this stuff up, guys. This is what, diligently, I want to do everything I can in my ability to get every piece of cheese onto my chip. Strive. That's my picture of strive, okay? Now stick with me. You get to strive. We're to strive. Everything we got, man, everything I got, strive for peace with everyone and for the holiness without which no one will see the Lord. You know, that strive, man, two things. Look at them. Strive for peace with everyone. Church, it's like, like, work at it, man. I want to strive with everyone. Romans 12, 18 says it like this. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceable with all. Now, I realize in our day and age, that might be an inconvenient verse. And you know, that means we all are to do all that we can. You get, it's like you're striving, you're working, you're diligently working to be at peace with everyone. No, come on. What does the Bible say? Everyone. That means people who may not be of your particular political party, right? You're going to strive. Just like you see Travis striving to put cheese on his chip, getting at it, working at it. I'm going to do everything I can to make sure every bit of that cheese on that chip. I'm going to do everything I can. Someone else has a different opinion than I do when it comes to vaccination. Strive to be at peace with them. Do everything you can. That's what the text is saying. You be a peacemaker. Be a peacemaker. Be a peacemaker, right? You want to make it to the end. You want to, you want to, you want to be get in strong, strive for that church. Make that a goal of yours. And I'll tell you, you know it. We could do, we could, we could, well, let's just talk about the evangelical church. We are not marked by 
striving for peace with everybody. You just get on social media. Man, social media, man. Lovely people, Christian people saying all sorts of horrible things about people of a different political party. That, my friend, is not striving for peace, man. That is not striving for peace at all. And hey, listen, take it for what it's worth, man. I'll just let you know. You know, nobody has ever changed their political opinion based upon, you know, a post that you make, you know? I don't care, I don't care you got kittens up there. It don't matter. You say something really clever. I want to be marked as a peacemaker. I want us to be marked as peacemakers. I want us to strive with, strive for peace with everyone. That doesn't mean be a doormat. It doesn't mean to let people walk over you. It doesn't mean to compromise. But church, as far as it depends upon you and I, we're going to be at peace. We're going to be at peace with everyone. That's what the text says. But we're also, second thing, we're going to strive, strive for another thing. It says we strive, work hard for, diligently try to seek for what? Holiness. Holiness. Now that's interesting. Bible says multiple places, Leviticus, 1 Peter, be holy, Christian. God says, as I am holy. That's a pretty tall order, but I'll tell you right now, if you're a Christian, right? God has made you holy through Christ, all right? So you've been credited with the righteousness of Christ. So here's the question. If I have been given it, if I have been credited this righteousness, how am I to strive for it? Here's what I think it means. I know it means. It means we are to strive to work out what he has already worked in. You know what I'm saying? You are holy, church. Now walk out in it. Strive, strive, strive to walk in this holiness. Guys, I want a church. I want us. I want us to look more like Christ today, you and I, than we did last week. I don't strive for, strive, strive, strive for holiness. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. I said, that's my heart's prayer. I'll tell you, man, I'll tell you. I'll tell you. I don't know, maybe <laughs> confession's good. I don't tell you right now. I am not ultimately interested in how many people are attending this service. That is not my ultimate interest. By the way, I'm glad you're here. Like, I'm, I'm glad you're here. Then anybody be, I'm glad you're here, but that's not my ultimate interest. I have very little, almost zero concern if we're entertained. That's not my ultimate concern. I'm not concerned if you have a nice time or you had a lovely, what's the word? Guest experience. I am deeply concerned with one thing that Christ be formed in you and that Christ be formed in me. Ephesians 4 says that we might grow into the full stature of Christ. My friends, my brothers, my sisters, that's what we're talking about. That's what I'm talking about. We, we're gonna, we want to make it to the end. I finished so strong. I, fin- I mean, I started so strong. I want to finish so strong. I got to strive to be a peacemaker and I got to strive for holiness. I've got to strive to work this holiness out in my lifestyle. That's what we're talking about here. That's finishing well. That's what to do. Three things. 
Okay. Now he's going to switch and he's going to say what to guard against. So it's kind of negative. You get the, the positive, you know, do this. You want, you, want to, you want to finish? You want to finish that race? You want to finish strong? You want to get there? Do this. Now he's going to make negative. This is what you got to guard against. Three things. First thing. Oh, man. Church, stick with me here. Guard against gracelessness. Got to guard against this. This is altogether interesting to me, and it took me a little while to work it out. Look, see to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God. All right. That whole thing's interesting to me. Let's just break it down. See to it. Hey, church, that's a plural command. Talking to all of us. We need to be seeing to these things, okay? What is it that collectively we are to be seeing to if we want to finish strong? That no one fails to obtain the grace of God. Now, that's what kind of tripped me up a bit. What does it mean to fail to obtain the grace of God? He's talking to the church. Okay, so follow me on this. Follow me on this. Let's just... Let's just kind of define it. What is grace? What is the grace of God? The grace of God, grace would be defined as unmerited, an unmerited gift. That's the grace. Now, there's two types of grace given by God. Okay, follow me here. There's common grace and there's saving grace. And we're told, do not let anyone fail to obtain the grace. And you got common grace. Let's talk about common grace. Common grace is the good things that God gives to everyone because he's good, period. Like you don't even have to be a Christian to get a common grace. You, you, everyone has obtained common grace, right? You can hate God, you can ignore God, be indifferent to God. God still gives you common grace. Examples of common grace would be the sun. We all feel the warmth of the sun. Coffee, common grace. Taco, common grace. And these are all common graces. God gives them because he's good. And we've all obtained it. If you're born, you have the common grace. Okay, well, what about saving grace? That's the gospel. Christ died in my place on the cross for my sin, saving me from sin, death, destruction. If you're a Christian, you got saving grace. Okay, so how are we to help others to obtain? Or how does it, it state it? It states it. No one fails to obtain the grace of God. Well, if you're a Christian, you've received common grace, you've obtained it. If you're a Christian, you've received saving grace, so you have obtained it. So what is he talking about here? I believe in the context and what we're learning, he's talking about experiencing in its fullness all the grace that God has to give Paul says it like this, we appeal to you not to receive the grace of God in vain. He's saying, don't fail to enjoy the graces of God, church. Don't fail. Don't fail to embrace it. See to it that none of us do not obtain the fullness of, the love of, the enjoyment of the graces of God. That's what he's saying. Like I told you, man, I, I got this, I got a friend. I got a buddy, I got a buddy. He's got like this, this old Porsche 911, beautiful car, beautiful car, man. But he keeps it parked in his garage and he does not enjoy the full benefit of it, right? He doesn't, man. Here's my question. What's the difference from a guy who fails to enjoy 
the enjoyment of this Porsche and a guy who doesn't own one at all, really nothing. I'm not even paying interest. He's paying insurance on that thing and not enjoying it. Likewise, guys, God is not stingy with his grace. God gives it in abundance. Make sure no one here fails to enjoy it. That's what he's saying. You want to get to the end? You want to finish strong? You want to be there? Man, enjoy the graces of God, all right? Second thing to guard against, idols and drifting. Here's what he says. Once again, it's still the same command. See to it, everyone. This for us, that no root of bitterness springs up and causes trouble. And by it, many, that's a hard word, guys, become defiled. That's hard. No, seriously, I mean, I, church, see to it, okay? You want to finish strong, see to it that the root of bitterness does not spring up. Because if it springs up in this church, it's going to cause trouble for many of us. Well, we can be on guard against this drifting, this root of bitterness. Okay, what is a root of bitterness? It's a root, it's poisonous, springs up and just, it's trouble, man, trouble. What's the cause of it? What causes it? Well, I'll tell you. The cause of bitterness in a church is hurt, pain, okay? You get someone in a church who's been hurt, who's been wounded. Maybe it's unintentional. Maybe no one was trying to hurt them, but they got their feelings hurt. Didn't mean to hurt them. I don't know. Maybe you did mean to hurt them. I don't know. But you get that, you get that hurt. You get a wounded church member. You get a wounded person up in here. And then what's going to spring up? Bitterness is going to spring up. And what does that lead to? It says many. You want to, you want to, we're going to maybe hurt someone over here, going to be rude to them, you get bitterness. Remember you're sitting over here and you're thinking, that's going to affect me, it's just them over there. Text says, no, that root that springs up because of that hurt, it's going to affect many of us. And you know it, you've been in churches, you've been in places where the root of bitterness has sprung up and it's hurtful and it's vile and many are contaminated. So what do we got to do, man? We got to address it. That's easier said than done. Raise your hand if you like uncomfortable conversations. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? None of us. I volunteer. No, man. But we got to be on it. We got to be on it, guys. And, and I get weary. I, I didn't mean to hurt them. They took it the wrong way. They need to grow up. No, sir, you need to grow up. Go over there and make it right. But I will look, I don't know, like I was, you know, it wasn't my fault. I don't care, right? We're gonna let the church get hurt because you are too proud to apologize. Don't let that root grow. Don't give it an opportunity Final thing, guard against appetites. <laughs> See to it, once again, this is all of us, that no one is sexually immoral 
or unholy like Esau who sold his birthright for a single meal. Now we can talk about that all day long, but I'm telling you that's talking about fleshly appetites, right? Fleshly appetites from a sexual desire, from a, I don't know, a a hunger, desire, whatever. The point is this, guys. You want to make it to the end? You want to be strong making it to the end, man? You got to be on guard against this flesh. Guys, I want to tell you something right now. I know this to be true. This flesh is far more powerful than many of us give it credit for. Man, it'll sit there. This this flesh will sit there and trip you up. It'll trip you up. Sitting there minding your own business. I'm minding my own business. Oh no, my flesh comes in. You gotta be on guard. And the the example is Esau, man. Genesis 25, firstborn. He had the birthright. He had the blessing. One day he comes home and he's a little hungry. His brother's cooking a stew. He He goes, hey man, give me some of the stew. And his brother says, sell me your birthright. You want the stew? Sell me your birthright. And Esau replies, by the way, Esau's a little dramatic, man. He's like, look, I'm about to die. Are you really about to die, man? I don't think so. What good is a birthright to me? So he sells him his birthright. He trades a divine blessing to satisfy the flesh. Esau. I'd never do that. I'm sure I've already done it, right? You think about it, you know, not for stew, but you know, I indulge, queso, yeah. (laughs) Maybe. But it's true, man. It's a, no, let's just, you can talk about it. Let's talk about church attendance, man. You can sit there. It's a blessing to be here. It didn't, no, 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 no. It is a blessing to be here. And I know we got things to do. We all got things to do. We can't, you, you can't attend all the time. I'm not saying you should. Or, no, you should, but you can't. I get it. Somebody traded seeing a movie for being in the house of God today. They didn't know what they had here, I guess. Once again, I'm not trying to, I, I've done the same thing, by the way, guys. I'm, I'm not trying to beat anyone down here. I'm just saying. This flesh will get in the way, man. We trade divine blessings for the most trivial things. Don't do it. Don't do it. So back to, let's get back to, to where we started. If you're a Christian here, I know you began the race well. And I know you want to end the race well. So do I. So do I. So what do we do? Run hard, guys. Run hard. Keep your eye on the finish line. Two, run hard together. I'm going to stay in my lane, man. I'm going to stay in my lane. I'm not going to trip my other brothers and sisters up. In fact, I want to be running in such a way if there's a lame, discouraged brother beside me, they're going to see the way I'm running and they're going to get inspiration. It's going to help them run hard together. Three, guys, go after peace and holiness. No 
Strive for it. Strive for it. I'll do all that I can to be at peace with everyone to the best of my ability. I'm going to strive for it. Holiness. I want to work out what he has worked in and guard against gracelessness. Together, guys, guard against it. The fullness. We want to enjoy the grace of God. God, idols and drifting, man, cut out. De-weed that bitter root, man. Don't let it spread. Don't let it spread. Guard against your appetite, this flesh, this flesh, this flesh, man, trying to trip me up, trying to trip me up, man. Guard against it. The joy of the race is finishing strong, right? My prayer is that we would be a people who finish strong. Let's pray. Father God in heaven, we do thank you for this day. Thank you for your grace, your kindness, We desire to be a people who finish strong. I pray, Father, that you give us the endurance. I pray that we run hard together, Father. I pray, I pray that you would bless us in every way for your glory, for our joy, and for the good of our city. We ask these things in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Well, I hope this was helpful to you. If while listening, you realized you need to take the next step in your relationship with Jesus, we would love to help you with that. You can connect with us by clicking the link in the show notes to our website and then clicking the connect card button. In our weekend worship services, we are in a sermon series called The Seven Commands of Christ. Jesus gave dozens of commands and as followers of Jesus, we should obey all of them. Over the next several weeks, we are focusing on seven that will change your life. We would love for you to join each week at one of our campuses or you can attend online. You will find service times by clicking the link in the show notes to our website. You know, there's so many ways for you to get involved and be a part of what God is doing here at Silverdale. And we really want you to feel welcome and a part. So please stay connected. Be sure to like and follow us on the different social media accounts. You'll find all the links in the show notes of this episode. And lastly, help us spread the word about this podcast. Take a moment to share this episode with your family and friends. Again, we appreciate you listening and hope you will join us again next time.